This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host, Akansha Kumar, and joining me in the studio, it's a completely in-house panel. I have with me my colleague, Sumedha Mittal, from the reporters team. Also joining us in the studio is my colleague, Gurmehar Kaur, from the podcast team. Hi, Akansha. (laughs) Who was caught by surprise, (laughs) quite literally, uh, this evening. So, welcome ladies. How's the Josh at 6.50pm this evening? (laughs) I'm tired. I have a submission this week. There's a deadline. I don't know whether I'll be able to meet it or not. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm so prepared and so thrilled. I fully knew I was doing this. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited. This is my first time joining the RWO table as a reporter. So I'm very right. excited, Akanksha. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and I think Sumedha wanted to share an anecdote at some point. Oh, so God. please go ahead and like get it out of your system. Oh, it's about, I think, Gurmehar and I don't want to throw her off the chair by sharing that an- anecdote. Okay, wait. I just shared it with, I shared it with Akansha. Do this, I know this? No, I, I don't, don't know think this. you remember okay. it. Ah, okay, I hope this <laughs> so, is not something Gurmehar, embarrassing. Uh, I, uh, I was in like my first year of master's in computer science and you were in third year and we were going to host a TEDx show. I don't think it's the right time to bring that up. Can you remember that? A TEDx show? I don't know. Host it. Yeah, we are going. We were going to host a TEDx show. It was not in DU, but it was in IP. Okay. I was doing my masters from there. Okay, yeah. And we had invited you as a guest, mm-hmm. and I wrote like a beautiful long message because that incident that yeah. had happened on DU, your incident yeah. had just occurred, and we invited you, and you said yes, and you were thrilled to read that message. And Gurmeet was like, "Wow, nobody has written this kind of beautiful yeah. lines for me." And you know, like at at that point, like you mm-hmm. know, like as like students, you are yeah. all supporting you. Yeah. Oh, so I was I was so in first you, year. This is why I'm a bit confused. So I must have been in my first year y- then. Yeah. 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 I was. It was 2017. Yeah, my first year. Yeah. Okay. So 2018. Yeah. So then, the last minute you said no that you can't come because you have other commitments. Did I say that? Yeah. I don't know if it's the right time to bring this up. <laughs> no worries. I, both of you are. It depends. Are... <laughs> I think no, but it really depends if it is if it was like right at the peak no, of but like the event got cancelled. After that. So I was okay, happy. Okay. And I was yeah, not yeah. nervous that okay. my guest dropped out the last minute. I, I, I can't remember. Okay, but to be fair, that does sound like me. It's, um yeah, it does sound like me. But I don't think I must have had other commitments. I think must, I must have been going through like it's some fine. anxiety, public speaking, yeah. just like mental health yeah. crisis. And then I'm just like, yeah, oh, it was very tough. Yeah, I think it was probably very that. Very tough. Yeah, but no, sounds just like me. Yeah. Very last minute in everything. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, we'll get started with the discussion. Uh, This week, there are two reports which we will discuss in this podcast. Uh, Gurmehar has filed a ground report from Jalandhar on the aftermath of the crackdown on supporters of Varis Punjab Day Chief Amritpal Singh. And Sumedha's latest story focuses on casteism prevalent across IITs. Uh, The issue has been in news after the alleged suicide of a first-year student at IIT Bombay. We'll discuss that story in the second half of the podcast. Uh, On 23rd February, following violence at the Ajnala police station in Amritsar, politics in Punjab has been in news for the last one month. 
At the center of it is a self-proclaimed radicalist who goes by the name of Amrit Pal Singh and has an outfit by the name of Varis Punjab Day. Uh, he has been in news for his comments around secessionism and Khalistan and is currently on the run. And uh, my first question to you, Gurmeher, is that, I mean, the story made for a very interesting read. Uh, and it's equally interesting to know that people on the ground, uh, the village that you visited in Jalandhar, uh, there are two very vehement uh, voices uh, um, among those quotes. Uh, one is that please project us accurately. Yeah. Don't make up things about us as a society. And second is that we don't know who this guy is. We don't really believe or look up to this guy, mm -hmm. Amrit Pal Singh. Uh, help us understand how has this guy... Uh, managed to garner so much, so much attention mm -hmm. uh, by the media uh, in in just a span of a month. I think so. I think one. I don't think he's garnered attention in a span of a month. Um, but regardless of that, it has just been eight months that he's sort of garnered the attention of media through his. So the the way Amritpal sort of got on the Sikh activism scene, and it's something that I had been a part part of for a long time, was during the farmers' protest and almost towards the conclusion of the farmers' protest, um, with the gap between um, the conclusion of the farmers' protest and the beginning of the Punjab elections. Um, there was this, he, he's this young man, fairly fairly um, vocal, almost very charismatic, very articulate, and he would, he would go live on his social media. He would carry a lot of clubhouse conversations. Um, and then from what I learned from his family was that Eventually, he un he realized, and he was at at this whole this whole time during the farmers' protest. He was in Dubai, um, talking about the plight of Sikhs and what he believed um, Sikhs want in Punjab, um, where he also is from. But I think what his father told me that he came he came back from Dubai and decided that now he's going to um, the word is Amrit Shakna, so he's now going to go turn into a devout Sikh Nihang, and then. And ever since he came back, he was immediately made the the chief of um, Virus Punjab Day. It's an organization that was that was built by that was created by Deep Sidhu before he passed away in the tragic accident. Mm. And then it and ever since he became the chief, media has been following him, whether it's local media or whether it's national media. Um, I don't think I don't think Amritpal is a one month phenomena. He's definitely an eight month phenomena. Um, okay. That doesn't necessarily take away from the sort of um, question of who is this man? Where did he come from? But yeah, he came from Dubai, where he was handling his father's automobile business, and he turned into a devout Sikh upon arrival, and has been demanding for Khalistan for the longest time. But I think I also do want to an answer the first question that you asked, which is about how people are feeling. I think the quote that you do mention it is about the shopkeepers, the tea stall. Um, where the where the popular where the very viral video is from mm. um, of uh, of one of Amritpal's um, supporters, uh, his sort of a, a man from his entourage being uh, taken away by the Punjab police. Uh, so ever since that happened on the 18th of March, and I was in and I was in Mehtpur, um It's a small town um, just across Nakoder, and I was in Mehtpur and and I went there just to interview the guy at the tea stall, and a whole bunch of shopkeepers surrounded me, and they were just like. You people, you come from Delhi, you lie about us, you say terrible things about us, we want nothing to do with you. 
um, why can't you why can't you just say the truth? Um, and I think this has been a large sentiment on ground in terms of their their sort of collective. I mean, collective hatred for how the media is presenting Sikhs mm. and how everyone is sort of painted with a broad, uh, you know, with a broad paintbrush, with a broad stroke as terrorists or Khalistan, people who are demanding for Khalistan. How, whereas there is definitely a small section that does, um, you know, that does feel that they want a separate state, but that doesn't necessarily mean a religious state. That also, even those elements have multiple factions with amongst themselves, those who do want a separate state. Uh, but largely, I don't think, uh, and the sense that I get from ground, is that that demand for Khalistan doesn't necessarily exist um, the way um, Delhi media is present, you know, making it out to be. Um, a follow-up question related to this is... Uh about the outfit itself. Now, uh, when uh, comparisons are made between Amritpal Singh and Bhindrawale, uh, so, I mean, Bhindrawale was also a part of this religious uh, institution called Damdami Taksal. And I think that also had a major role to play as far as his uh, rise to fame is concerned because that was a very influential body yeah. uh, at that point of time. Uh, what is the role that Varis Punjab they has in this entire political churning? Are there uh, are there any sort of leaders behind this backing uh, it? Uh, is there is uh, is it politically sort of agnostic phenomena or mm -hmm. is there some kind of politics at play here? I think there's definitely uh, I mean there's definitely politics at play here. I think the question is whether it is deep state politics, whether it's diaspora funded politics, whether it's truly a ground movement. But if we do say it's a true, it's truly a ground movement, then how is it? And a lot of a lot of Sikh activists have questioned this that that you know we have been on ground for the longest time. You know, we have worked in Punjab um, for over 10 years, you know, over 10 years, ever since they've been in school, ever since they've been in college, and they are, some of them are 30, in their mid-30s now. Um, and they are saying that we've been working on ground for so long and we've never been able to gather such mass support on issues that are that are very pertinent to everyday lives of Sikhs. For example, um, transnational migration, education, drugs. However, there is, you know, however, which is why the question arises, how is it that in eight months a man shows up from Dubai who doesn't have any ground, who doesn't have any history of ground work, um, who doesn't have any history of um, being in the public and suddenly becomes this massive, uh, almost like a pariah, for Sikhs and their demand of Khalistan, which never really existed up until it was brought up and sort of painted again by the media uh, and some some diaspora outfits um, during the farmers' protest of Khalistan. So I do want to. So I think I think it's definitely political. What's out? What kind of politics is going behind? What kind of game is being played? Um, is definitely a question everyone should ask. Uh, however, in terms of the work that Vyas Punjab has done, they are even even in Punjab they're fairly. I would say popular and known for their drug de-addiction work um, that they have done. In fact, in in Jalupur Khera, which is Amritpal's own village, mm. he started a de-addiction center. However, again, you know, you know, while these are while this is a great work and mm. while it is it is great social work and it is needed in Punjab, uh, the question again arises: um, How is it that one man can claim? You know, de-addiction when all of us know that that process of de-addiction is takes so many. You know, how can they, he claim that ever since I started this, young people of Punjab have left drugs and moved on to um, towards a religious path and just mm. in a span of eight months. I think it's medically impossible. Mm. Um, and I think those are those are very large claims. 
But this has been the work of the outfit um, in Punjab. And again, these, I mean, it, it, is, it, it is a bewildering situation for even those, who, those who've lived all their lives there, like me. Uh, Sumedha, uh, I would like to bring you in here. Like in one of the editorials, I was reading that one aspect of this debate is also the fact that as a state, Punjab is reeling under multiple problems, uh, be it unemployment, be it the issue of uh, drug addiction, as uh, Gurmehar mentioned. Uh, even the farmers, I think they also have multiple issues. Uh, there is a constant uh, sort of reduction in their uh, land holding size. Uh, so there is a, there is a sense of Un- unrest and uh, you know dissatisfaction even there uh, a state which is considered as the rice bowl of India uh, and there are you know these cracks in the Punjabi society uh, which uh, tend to sort of give an impetus to a culture of violence uh, which is kind of reflected uh, and this there have been a lot of essays and articles on this to a violence of culture, something which is reflected uh, even in their songs, right. uh, the kind of misogyny and the gun culture that you hear mm. uh, on a daily basis. It has become a part of their culture, which sadly kind of reflects the degradation uh, that the society mm. is con- kind of have gone through in the state of Punjab. Uh, do you think that it is perhaps these cracks which give way to figures like Amritpal Singh? I don't think that I would be the right person to answer this kind of a question because uh, I haven't reported on Punjab that much and I haven't lived in, I haven't been brought up in Punjab. I was born in Punjab, mm. but I'm not brought up there. But what we, like what I have heard, like I think Gurmeher would be the better person to answer this. But what, uh, Gurmeher, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, uh, you know, like what I have been hearing from all, like my family is from Punjab and like from my relatives, from the people I speak talk to in Punjab mm. they tell me that you know like there has always always been a vacuum because the state has reeled with so much problems from 1947 like mm. which state has gone through partition like this kind of a such a big crisis like no right. we, mm. so there was partition there was emergency mm. so then there was like some operation yeah. blue star yeah operation blue star mm. and then there was this whole movement of left which completely failed in Punjab in 1970s. So the the state has gone through a lot and there has been like always a vacuum to, you know, like somebody who can come up and fill that vacuum and save Punjab. So in a bit like it has like this because it has lost its direction a lot of times. Hmm. What do you think about that, Gurmeet? I mean, like, I think, I think, I mean, I, I do agree with you um, to a very large extent. But I think the the answer to just your question, and I've been pondering about it quite a bit myself, is that why is it? Who is you know why why do young you know why do young uh, Punjabi boys and girls um, for you know look for look for a hero in figures like Deep Siddhu or Siddhu Musewala? Almost like a refuge as well, yeah. Into you know, deep Siddhu, Siddhu Musewala. Why do mm. why do they become almost like quasi god? Yeah. Um, is mm. and 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 something that I've been th- and how Amritpal as well has become this quasi god. And I think what what I when I look back and also sort of and I and I go go back to the beginnings of Amritpal where he entered the space 
post farmers almost the conclusion of the farmers protest and the beginning of the punjab election and i think when we look at what happened during the punjab election there was so much uncertainty on who was going to be the chief minister there was so much turbulence within the congress itself um, between um, captain amrinder singh and navjot singh siddhu um right. and there was and and that party broke into multiple multiple fractions and you know captain amrinder singh who who had been um the strong man leader who had been the 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 person that one would vote for join the bjp mm. and then and because of the farmers movement there was so much disdain for the bjp that there was no vote that was going to go um to that party whereas and similarly with navjot singh siddhu because of how things played around with him there was a sense of there was a sense that he's not a trustworthy chief minister because he flips and flops quite a bit he mm. doesn't have a clear stance he doesn't have a a vision for punjab uh, just a vision of wanting to be the chief minister however and and within this you know there there has been created um exactly you know exactly what you said to me that this leadership vacuum right. of who is you know who do we look up to you know aap came into the picture because this was the option that people of punjab were left with after the yeah. brokenness like of yeah like but i don't think that punjabis have seen amritpal singh mm-hmm. as their leader because see it's like and and the facts are and why do i say this the facts are very clear on the ground do mm-hmm. you see any kind of protest happening for amritpal singh that free amritpal in punjab no hmm. like there was only one very minor hmm. ca- minor protest which happened in mohali on 21st march after that we haven't reported any such incident so right. if people had really looked up to amritpal as their hero or as their you know like refuge who would save them so then like i don't think punjabis would not have supported him if they can uh, if they can come and sit on the delhi's border for their own rights and fight against narendra modi government they mm-hmm. would have surely stood up for amritpal so the i believe the answer is very simple so we don't see that kind of a support for yeah, him yeah i don't think yeah i mean i i agree with you i think i don't think that there is a mass support for amritpal however there is but there is this sympathy in factions i mean not say? even like sympathy in faction however there is this you know he there you you see this charming young young man who speaks who speaks in the language you want to hear you know you don't you don't find as a young person is i'm is i'm you know i'm speaking as a young person um you know there's so many anxieties you you are feeling there when it comes to employments whether right. it comes to um transnational migration so many young people want to move away especially at the what's the word for it especially after right after the farmers protests have happened and a, and a lot of young people their their primary idea of existence and work has been farming and i think in in a in a moment where young people feel so much anxiety about their future um they do sort of take refuge not just you know not in not in like seeing amritpal as like this leader but almost seeing a hero like figure that you you know that you want to follow almost like an influencer that you want to yeah. follow you okay. don't necessarily think they're going to lead you into in political leadership yeah you know it's not yeah you that. don't necessarily think it's going to be political leadership however you look for leadership in your so life is, and i is think is he more uh, like a media phenomena uh, probably because and, he but, was in headlines after that ajnala violence yeah but akansha there's one more thing to it like we also need to look at it from that kind of a lens that building this whole narrative of khalistan hmm. who does it help today acha right sure who does it help hmm. you know like uh, amritpal has been you know like the, in the last 10 days we have spotted like uh, so many news is coming out that amritpal was last spotted in nepal then in delhi then today he was spotted in mohali like he just gave a statement on video yeah, yeah. and why the government is not able to catch him like why the pul- punjab police has not been able to catch him like so there are a lot of you know like i am looking at it with a lot of skepticism hmm. because i'm a reporter and that's my job 
but we also need to see that that same kind of a pro khalistani movement was built uh, narrative was built when the, there was farmers protest yeah so mm. who does it help it actually kind of fuels this us versus them, them. divide uh, yeah. and this constant sense of fear so it maybe helps the ruling party yeah. and that brings me to uh, the next uh, follow up uh, question uh, which is uh, uh, that the government has been uh, going ahead uh, with some sort of crackdown online as well uh, and twitter accounts of some journalists and activists have been suspended uh what exactly are the fears uh, of the center at this point of time i think definitely what 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 i would say the answer lies in the very simple success of the farmers movement um after multiple protests for example even ca which which have been one of the biggest protests um ever since uh, the bjp government came into power in 2014 it was only the farmers movement um where the government had to sort of take take a couple of steps steps back um mm. and i think i feel i mean i would i wouldn't know how how the center thinks i don't know what their plans are but i would assume and i would imagine that i think the anxiety is um of sort of let's you know let's stop this at the root because we didn't do it the first time so let's cut off all communication the moment we can and not wait for it because they don't want to i guess they don't want the con- the situation to go out of their control and sort of out of their ambit and and be at a back step as they were during the farmers protest so i feel i do think that movement comes a, a bit from anxiety but i also think it's not the first time you know you've seen um this particular government using these same tools um for example during the abrog and i keep thinking about this because it's so similar during the abrogation of uh, article 370 similar tools were used um internet blackout accounts being withheld uh, and almost immediately august 5 um the abrogation happened the delimitation happened there were political arrests there were com- there was a complete blackout of uh, communication services at least with punjab wifi was open you could make phone calls um and it only and it didn't last for multiple months it only lasted for about for about 3 to 4 days in most parts of the parts of the state but i think just to answer your questions i feel it lies in the anxieties of um not having to be in a defense as they were during the farmers protest but is it exactly because of the same reasons like again i'm very skeptical uh like can we relate that the kind of blackout they were trying to do during the farmers movement or in other cases like in mm. abrogation of article 317 in kashmir is mm. it like this like the is the reason the same when they are withholding suspend not withholding but suspending a couple of accounts on twitter this time or is it a build up to something else yeah yeah i completely agree I don't think that like we are just yeah. you know like there's no clear information which is coming out of the mini- any yeah. of the ministry or Punjab police or from Bhagwat Man like this it is not a very clear information so that we can connect the dots and we can see that this is where it is leading to yeah uh one final question to both of you is that like the godi media they they have been tarnishing anything uh any sort of protest from Punjab as Khalistani you know they will link it somehow to uh Khalistan even if you know I think rem- I remember during farmers protest uh they had gone after some vehicle or jeep or something like that and uh they had zoomed into the screenshots uh saying bhindra wale or something like that which was like really silly and saying oh but you know these guys want Khalistan so do you think uh this kind of episode will give them more fodder to lash out 
uh, at uh, anything in Punjab, any issue, any protest, uh, by just looking at it unilaterally only through the prism of Khalistan? Oh, I think 100%. Uh, I think even when you use the word Khalistan while... Um, even when you use the word Khalistan while being completely, um, de- while ideologically detaching yourself from it, even when you're looking at it analytically, um, and especially if you're, especially if you're someone who is visibly Sikh, at least for me, I know I'm not visibly Sikh. You know, my hair are cut. I mean, I speak Hindi or English primarily. My Punjabi is not that fluent, um, and I don't have any markers of my religion on me except for my name. And you know, and yet I feel if I, if ever ever since you know the two the two stories that i did uh, because i've posted it i've had i've been called khalistani multiple times and it basically shocks me how and those and and those aren't even and those are fairly critical stories um and even the report that i did here they are fairly critical they they do tell the truth what's happening on ground uh, and yet i have been labeled khalistani so i do think um you just have to have a marker of a particular religion that the that the government is that the, that the government and the media is sort of like in cahoots with in cahoots with each other to to create anxiety around um to 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 demonize um that you do have a fallout people will i don't i don't believe i don't i don't expect some sort of maturity from godi media or or the people who blindly follow them to not to and not it be also critical gives of them this. another opportunity not to look at other issues yeah uh, i don't believe it's useless to talk about them because <laughs> yeah. we know like we know what their toolkit is they are so predictable yeah. now yeah right i feel like that that and happened and we know yeah. who they are working for exactly and and that happened already i i feel like it's so similar it's almost so eerily similar um that that even as a i i no longer feel that i have a curiosity to understand what's happening because it's happened during the ca with the muslim community hmm. um completely painted in broad you know broad strokes everyone labeled the same um which ended up in results of so many young activists on accounts that that i believe don't hold any grounds um so i'm not i'm not surprised i very much anticipated and as like a as a young person who's interested in things it's i'm not even curious because it's so predictable you know like somita said the toolkit it's existed for so long uh coming to your story uh sumedha you have uh, done a deep dive on some earlier uh, incidents uh where uh, students uh, from the marginalized uh, community uh, they have uh, unfortunately they killed themselves by committing uh, suicide so darshan solanki uh, is not the an isolated incident uh, which has been in news you also look at the another incident uh, related to aniket Uh, Aniket, 2014, yeah. Ambhore. And it's a very sort of detailed piece that looks at different aspects of how there is, I mean, about the problem and what is the reason behind it. And this culture of casteism uh, across the premier institute uh, of IIT. Uh, but my first question to you is that why do you think that the IIT administration, be it uh, Aniket's case or be it Darshan Solanki's case, through their internal committee report they are not even acknowledging the problem so why is this uh, like what explains the stubborn attitude of the it administration i mean like why would anybody want to accept accept that they have faults hmm. and it's also a very elitist institute you know like and the other thing is that you know they have a very good image and it's like the premier institute and uh, 
and they project themselves as an egalitarian society but at the end of the day they are the reflection of this country hmm. so like whatever our like whatever the problems our country is plagued with iits will also be having those problems so mm-hmm. it's just that they won't do, they don't want to accept it and why would they accept it hmm. i don't expect them to accept it and you know like then the you know then the fingers would be pointed at them ki yaar oh matlab if they'll accept ki ha ye casteism se death hui hai so then the then people will question them and nobody would want to be in that position right like one thing which i also wanted to know is that you uh, know when a bond... sorry to interrupt your kancha aha uh-huh. but they have i believe that they have accepted it indirectly because in all like i have analyzed these two reports hmm. of aniket ambhore to 2012 suicide and darshan solanki recent suicide in both these reports they have said that there is no direct caste based discrimination please explain me what is direct or indirect caste based discrimination either it is there or it is not there ye kya baat hui i mean uh, there is uh, one another thing that i wanted to understand is that at least uh, when let's say uh, suicide cases of any bollywood star makes it to news um often it is seen that if there is a suicide note um and owing to usual media frenzy the police also kind of jumps into action and arrests happen immediately right um what is the legal status of these cases like uh, okay we now one part of the problem is that the it administration is saying that there is no direct caste based discrimination but then uh, our family is getting some sort of uh, refuge or closure when they are uh, trying to take the legal route Okay so I think it's a very like a complex question and I I I will I can answer it in parts. Hmm. So there are like couple of things here for example in the suicide case uh Dashan's family has tried to file tried to file an FIR but they couldn't because you know like you cannot uh un- until or unless there is a suicide note or there is something you know like which directly tells you that this person it like the suicide is because of this person you cannot file an FIR. Okay. And the same was in Aniket's case. that uh, sorry uh, yeah the uh, yeah the same was in aniket's case from 2012 the family tried to lodge an fir but they couldn't because okay. again it's a suicide case mm. and i have gone through like the all the suicide cases from 2006 some 5 to 6 cases in which the families had a very clear stand that their son was fa- that their son or their daughter was facing caste discrimination which pushed him to the edges so they have tried to lodge an fir but they couldn't because of the same reason and the other thing is you know like the other thing like which we have to look at it from that lens is that you know like why do iits come up with these internal reports hmm and selectively in selective cases so one of the students pointed out very sharply that they come up with these internal reports only when there is a pro- is a major protest for that right. student suicide hmm. they don't come up with a K, this internal report every time do they have any gui- guideline that they have to come up with an internal committee report no hmm. is there any methodology described anywhere in our education policy or somewhere else that they have to conduct this committee report again no are these mental health experts who are investigating suicide no and in both the reports of aniket and darshan salanki uh, you see that all the people who have you know like inv- investigated the suicide are either uh, professors from physics department chemistry department you know or wa- warden of the hostel but there is no mental health expert isn't it like s- such an unscientific thing to come out of the most scientific college in the country hmm. is uh, it a, like a hogwash 
and like uh, as your uh, story rightly mentions that their very first experience of uh, casteism is when they are asked their rank Uh, yeah. because that kind of is a giveaway that you are you belong to certain quota and you are from the reserved uh, category uh but uh, i mean uh, uh, do you think that uh, at this point uh, some kind of sensitization uh, should have happened should happen on a regular basis uh, and that is not being done because even the faculty is not representative when it comes to uh, caste yeah the faculty like the most of the faculties at iits are coming from an upper caste that is there and uh, that like most of the like i have spoken to like around 14 people to do this story and all of them mention the same problem that you know we cannot go to a counts uh, our council cell because the people who are doing counseling are upper caste people and we cannot share our problems so they are not able to relate to yeah, them yeah and it's not it's about you know like they are not approachable those the council cells are not approachable to students who mm. are facing these kind of problems gurmeher do you have a question or you would like to add something to it i think i mean I, just as i was hearing sumaita speak it reminded me quite a bit of my experience in tu and you know it is so mm. surprising and shocking about these elite universities and these elite spaces um and you know like i said i will go back again to um and you know like i i i am an obc i will go back to the thing i said before that you know i don't make i don't wear markers of of um, religion of e- religion or 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 my caste um i'm i'm fair i'm english speaking i'm fairly um whatever one might assume um elite looking elite thinking whatever educational background i might have had but i think even even then uh in spaces like lsr um i still remember my first day and i and i mean i have no question i just like i just sort of like was sucked back into just my experience and anxiety of like oh my god will my id card have a have whatever quota specifications or will um or you know or will people ask me about my caste and truth is people did ask everyone about their caste you just lie right i mean what else do you do you just lie and you hope the, hope for the best and i can't say that kind of sensitization yeah. has happened in iits you know like when the uh, the students are not directly asking yeah. the other person about their caste they are first asking their je rank so oh, they know yeah. that if yeah. if they'll ask you know like what is a caste it would be directly labeled as casteism so they don't want to be that black sheep so they'll first yeah. ask your je rank so then they'll see oh acha iska je rank to itna piche hai to acha to ye quota se hi aaya hoga so then they'll ask you you know like uh, so then th- th- that's when they you know build that kind of a narrative about you that image about you and like one another shocking thing which i would like to bring here that like the s- students i was sp- speaking to so they they said that you know like how subtle sophisticated casteism has become in these institutions for example not just je rank they'll ask you ki acha aapko computer chalana aata hai aapko microsoft word chalana aata hai hmm. aap gmail chala sakte ho to hmm. then they'll have they'll they'll uh, build that image of you acha ha ye gaon se aaya hai he is not that educated as us so he's definitely from a reserved category and that sentiment that sentiment against reservation is definitely very strong hmm. in upper caste people yeah um one final question uh, to you is because you spoke uh, to the families of both these kids and uh, since uh, i mean we are talking about something as sensitive as suicide in this uh, podcast um i would also like you to share uh, with our listeners what 
could be some of the possible signs that uh, parents could look out for uh, that explain that could explain the distress of their child uh, because uh, uh, i do remember reaching out to a couple of families in kota uh, during the second wave of covid because there were a lot of suicides happening mm-hmm. during the uh, covid and there were signs like people tend to get very paranoid it was also a thing which was uh, which was new like you know uh, uh, people didn't know what covid was all about uh, so there were there were these signs of panic uh depression being uh, trying to cut off themselves from the family it was crazy during that time um so what are some of the signs that you think uh, parents should be watchful uh, uh for yeah so like i don't think again that i'm the right person to say this that you know like what are the signs that they can look into of a deteriorating mental health problem but uh, both of their parents especially aniket's parent uh, they told me that uh, when their student was like when aniket was uh, like his for his th- during his three years at iit bombay he had uh, he would tell his parents that that he wants to give he wants to reappear for je mm-hmm. exam mm-hmm. because he was always carrying this burden with himself and he was made to feel guilty that he has come through reservation and he didn't deserve it so he wanted to apply f- yeah, from so he a would general keep, category he would keep mentioning it to his parents and bring it up uh, with them again and again that i want to reappear for je the same was uh, with another case uh, like uh, who would who was able to sail through this discrimination so he was telling me that he had serious thoughts in his second year that he wants to apply for it because the way he was ostracized at the college and then the solution he came up was with that he started hiding his identity okay and that is why we have this thing no which is so abnormal and so obnoxious in this in in the 21st century that you know like people have to come out as a dalit it's a thing yeah because there's so much pressure on them it's it's shameful yeah and it's quite sad also that young minds who could have contributed uh, in nation building who after crossing so many hurdles and they come from very humble families make it mm-hmm. to its uh, ideally the atmosphere should have been that you know they are nurtured yeah. uh, properly and they feel it's like second home they look forward to a better future but uh, uh, like you rightly said in the beginning uh, of the podcast that it is also a subset of the very society we live in right. and uh, if uh, i mean casteism is still a part of our very society that we live in i mean i know i have faced this question n number of times because i write akansha kumar देर इज ऑलवेज अ क्यूरियोसिटी अच्छा कुमार हैं तो आप क्या हैं सो एंड नॉट आइडेंटिफाई बिकॉज इट्स कन्फ्यूजिंग सो देन आई हैव टू टेल दम ओके जनरल कैटेगरी सो आई कैन इमेजिन अ पर्सन फ्रॉम द मार्जलाइज सेक्शन आई मीन हाउ डिफिकल्ट एंड एम्बेरसिंग इट मस्ट बी टू एंड्योर दिस काइंड ऑफ ह्यूमिलिएशन एंड दैट टू ऑन अ डेली बेसिस एंड मोस्ट ऑफ इन मोस्ट ऑफ द केसेज लाइक द किड्स हुर एबल टू सेल थ्रू द प्रॉब्लम इज बाय हाइडिंग देर आइडेंटिटी एंड वाइल दे आर डूइंग सो दे आर ऑलवेज कैरिंग दिस हैवी वेट ऑन देर चेस्ट दैट यू नो वी आर नॉट बींग ट्रूथफुल टू द सोसाइटी सो इट्स लाइक अ डबल एच वॉट फॉर दैम कैन आई ऑल्सो जस्ट आई थिंक जस्ट टू एड टू दैट बिकॉज आई But I think can I just add to it? I feel like we are we are definitely talking about casteism that that feels very direct, um, and that comes 
you know that's a that casteism that is very direct but i think there's also even in good faith there is um for example the way you just said um that people ask you what your caste is because you have a caste neutral name a lot of time if you a lot of time it happens that if you if you don't wear the marker of your caste and you have a caste neutral name people um people assume that you are upper caste and i think even the assumption of assumption of someone's caste as being upper caste because they are um they don't quote unquote look backward or they don't look a certain way because they don't act a certain way is also you know just to just to even in the most good faith circles um i think it is very important to talk about how um assuming someone to be of a certain caste based on how they present themselves the language they speak what they wear is inherently casteist because it comes from this understanding that if you are meant to be quote unquote backward class quote unquote um you know um uh, or, or if you are you know if you are a part of a bahujan commu- community you are, you you are meant to look a certain way yeah. you know you you cannot look like an upper caste person mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think there is that inherent casteism even in those who mean so well i think needs to be uh, needs to be called out i feel like assuming people's caste especially with, when they have caste neutral names yeah, that's also wrong is horrible yeah i think it's also wrong as much as it's wrong to tell you know please tell us your caste are you upper caste if you're upper caste you can sit with us if you're not you know i feel like that that, that this conversation needs to have a bit of this realization as well i think maybe yes yes yeah. i agree on that because i think i'm reminded of this uh debate when uh this comedy show on cnn news 18 was called out because uh this comedian would uh, represent mayawati and he would have this black uh smear on his face because uh f- for them someone <laughs> from the backward community has, has to, to be has to look a certain way yeah. you have to look backward where is your backwardness how can you speak such good english yes like, yeah. of course i can worse like when this yeah. whole like bright boys of bangalore are taking this yeah. whole casteism problem to usa as they are migrating yeah. to other parts of the world what is the bright boys of bangalore thing <laughs> like I, all I, the tech boys are referring to okay 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 sure i think uh, this uh, it's that debate also needs another podcast um and sumedha is following up uh, this story with another uh, interview uh, of uh, shama savant seattle city council member yes like the first the first uh, city outside india to ban caste discrimination can you imagine this yes so uh, that interview will be out soon uh, you can watch it on our youtube channel uh, and uh, with that we come to the last segment of our podcast where we share our recommendations so sumedha would you like to go first gurmeher can you please go first i have been waiting to go first i have been backstage of this podcast for many many weeks now and backstage i have looked at every single person who sit on this <laughs> table and been like hey can you please recommend this and no one has anyway i'm going to recommend this there's two brilliant books by this wonderful writer she's beautiful smart amazing gurmeher kaur a book is called small acts of freedom and another one is called the young and the restless please read it okay great plug in that's a great head. plug in okay that's a great plug in but before the before my boss has actually come for me for being like a self promoting um individual i do want to i actually have a real um another you know less uh, selfish um, recommendation which is this wonderful podcast um by Josh Baker Baker it's by it's it, it's produced by BBC Sounds and it's called I'm not a monster season 2 um it's a brilliant it's it's a great investigative podcast into the phenomena of Shamima Begum this young ISIS bride uh, this young 15 year old girl who was groomed in 
um, in Bethnal Green in the UK. And then she sort of self-trafficked herself to Syria and what her life has been ever since. Um, and, and the debate that surrounds, uh, surrounds her, um, whether, you know, as a 15-year-old girl, should she be brought back to the country? whether it's correct for the UK government to take away her citizenship. And I think that citizenship debate is so interesting because similar things are happening in India regarding CEA. So I do think it, 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 I found that to be a great, a great podcast to listen to. My so recommendation Medha, is very light. Okay, so I'll recommend this 1970s movie, Sparsh. Uh, have, has anyone of you watched it? Oh, wow, I'm feeling very good about it. That it's, the, it's the movie which only very few audiences watch it because I like to protect things which I'm protective Maybe about. I've heard about it but so not watched it. It's a it. movie uh, directed by Sai. I don't remember her son name. So, and the movie casts uh, Nasiruddin Shah and Shabana Azmi. It's a love story between a widow woman and a blind man. And it tells you, uh, like, because I'm a sucker for love stories. So, <laughs> so it tells you that, uh, so the, it, like the story is about that how loves help you navigate through society and your own self and discover your own identity. So it's gorgeous. Please watch it. Okay. You, you would have never seen. <laughs> Where can and, you watch it? And this kind of a movie, uh, I think on Mubi or Hotstar. Movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, like, to, uh, I don't want to make this podcast awful and awesome, <laughs> but I just want to add this because I'm very passionate about this movie. That it came during 1970s at a time, or, or I think 1980s, at a time when Indian cinema was like in its worst phase of producing only regressive and misogynistic cinema yeah. and this yeah. kind of a pro and to come out with this kind of a progressive movie it's like hats off to the director yeah. and the writer right what yeah. is your recommendation yeah what is yours Akanksha please tell <laughs> so us two recommendations <laughs> okay uh, I just uh, finished watching Family Man season 2 and I liked it and I think uh, I could relate to it a lot that uh, I mean the way they have humanized the life of a spy mm -hmm. I really wish and this is like one of my fantasies that if I can you know help someone make a web series on this humanized way of life of a journalist because wow. it's really not about public interest journalism there's a lot that goes into it how it affects you personally and you know uh, there are a lot of other things that they are funny things they are not so funny things <laughs> And anybody uh, who comes up with a movie on journalists in India is like mo most of them are based on Barkhadar. Yeah, and they also have a very typical way of showing journalists as these bunch of fools just shoving mics. Well, I have yeah. a problem with this representation. And all, of, and all I these mean, women fair, journalists have a uh, yeah. boycott. Like, why? Dude, I have a long hair, please. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be fair, the shoving mics is not untrue. But I'm saying, cutting the mail. Yeah, second yeah, recommendation. My second recommendation is a story. Uh, Outlook did a cover story on witch hunting in Jharkhand and uh, the I mean the title of this uh, cover uh, story is Every Woman is a Potential Witch. It's a March 11 edition and I particularly liked the story uh, by Abhig Bhattacharya and Mohammad Asghar Khan. It's titled The Deep Roots of Misogyny and I think it's They've written it so well that uh, I actually like the, the stories that just make you feel so low that how disgusting a society can be to women that uh, they are inflicting all sorts of violence on them uh, and the motive is sometime usurping property or some other uh, I mean kind of issue and uh, they are branded witches and it's a very common thing but they have done a very nice deep dive 
in terms of letters their families have written to the police action not taken and how it's become a very uh, an endemic problem uh, in the state of jharkhand so if you want to read it you can um, go to outlook.com Okay. <laughs> Can I just say one final thing yeah. to both yeah. of you, my colleagues, my yeah. friends, people I really care about. Yeah. Um, none of you recommended the recommendation I wanted you to recommend. Which, which one is which that? Which is my book. So you know what? <laughs> Hate you all. <laughs> okay. We'll come prepared. <laughs> Because next better time. next time. Uh, on that note, this podcast is adjourned. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.